It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. Our final opponent preview series will be today as we catch up with Chris Kimrani from The Athletic to talk about the University of Utah. What do the Utes have in store for BYU eight days away from today? We'll talk with Chris about Utah in the second and third segments of today's podcast. We also need to catch up on how the second game of BYU basketball's Italy tour went, a dominant win in Rome. We'll run down that here in the first segment. So a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast, and it is brought to you by our title sponsor here on the podcast, Deseret First Credit Union. We'll tell you about them, as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Controls as today's podcast goes on. And with that, let's get going. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 21st, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download the show on a Wednesday. Uh, BYU basketball is over in Italy, continuing on with their Italian tour. They improved to 2-0 on its tour of Italy with a dominant 87-46 win over LCC International from Lithuania at Arena Altero Felice. Felici. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. And an interesting note coming out of this is I wondered why guys like Wyatt Lowell, Trevin Nell, etc. hadn't played in the first game for BYU. Well, we got our answer yesterday. Uh, BYU basketball is playing four games in five nights there in Italy. It's a week-long tour plus, and they're playing four games in five nights, and it appears they're splitting the squad and letting uh, half the team play in different games versus the other. Hopefully that makes sense. So Alex Barcelo, Kobe Lee, Wyatt Lowell, Trevin Nell, and Yoli Child started for BYU. So Yoli was the only player to start both of the first two games for BYU. And a good showing all the same. Alex Barcelo, the Arizona transfer who has just joined the program, scored his team-high 15 points in the win over LCC International. Kobe Lee, a surprising 13 points and 9 rebounds for BYU, while Childs added 12 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. So almost a triple-double for Yoli Childs. And I'm not going to pretend that the competition that BYU is playing in this overseas tour is anywhere near the caliber, caliber that they'll face this fall. It's not, plain and simple. And it, But it's good to see BYU going out and dominating these teams. If they were struggling with teams like this, then, I, yeah, okay, I completely understand you guys being a little hesitant in terms of embracing this team, saying, oh, can they really get this done? But I think it's a, it's a good showing for BYU. They've had their entire squad over there in Europe in Italy playing well. All of the guys who will not be eligible this fall have been playing for BYU. Speaking of guys currently, speaking of guys like Wyatt Lowell, Richard Harward, Alex Barcelo, uh, they're still waiting on word in terms of the uh, petitions for both Wyatt Lowell and Richard Harward in terms of of their immediate eligibility. Alex Barcelo appears that he will be sitting out this upcoming season, but it's nice to see these guys fitting in with this program right away. Uh, Pretty balanced in terms of minutes. Colby Lee was the high in terms of, oh sorry, Wyatt Lowell, excuse me, was the high in minutes played in this game against LCC International with 33 
33 minutes. Colby Lee played 30 minutes. And Colby Lee's a guy that has been in the program and has done pretty much nothing in his time in the program so far. So it's nice to see him break out a little bit with a 13-point outing. Uh, he shot 6 of 11 from the field, so a 55% shooting clip. And that's a great showing if you're a BYU basketball fan who wants to see some of these big men really step up. It's nice to see Yoli Childs continuing to play well. He shot 50% from the field. Uh, added those 12 rebounds, uh, 10 rebounds, and oh, sorry, not 10 rebounds, let's split it. 11 rebounds and then the seven assists. Another dominant showing for Yoli Childs. I'm interested to see what he's going to work on this year in terms of it kind of rounding out his game as he looks to make his debut in the professional ranks at some point going forward. But I think the biggest news coming out of this is BYU just went out and absolutely dominated the competition. Uh, They'll take today off and they'll be back on Thursday uh, taking on Stella Azura Academy. I believe this is the only... uh, I guess collegiate team BYU scheduled to face off against. They'll be playing there at Reno Altero Felici in Rome once again. That game on Thursday is scheduled for 8.30 p.m. in Italy. That'll be 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time here in Utah and kind of Intermountain West. You can kind of do the math from there. It's two hours ahead on the East Coast, which would be uh, 2.30 and then back on the West Coast, 1.30. You know, you, you got it. All right, so there you go. Uh, so BYU basketball having a good showing overseas. Hopefully they keep it up and we continue, we'll keep breaking it down for as we continue on uh, as they this tour plays out. They're going to play Thursday and Friday, and of course we'll continue to recap everything that happens for BYU basketball on this Italian tour. But I think the overarching theme is all the players on BYU's basketball team have been contributing to this point, and that's nice to see these guys really working together and coming together as a team. And that's, I think, kind of the goal of all this. Now, you hopefully avoid a major injury. Middle Tennessee went to Costa Rica this past week and had one of their best players blow out his knee. So you don't want that to happen. But here's hoping, knocking on wood, hopefully you can hear that, uh, BYU stays healthy, has a good showing in the final two games of this tour, and comes back ready to go and get ready for fall semester and the upcoming season. All right, we will step aside here. We'll come back, switch gears, talk some BYU football, catch up with Chris Kimrani from The Athletic, doing a great job covering the University of Utah for the subscription site. I am a proud uh a subscriber of The Athletic. I really enjoy their work. So excited to catch up with a good friend of mine and Chris Kimrani and talk about Utah next. So we'll get to that coming up here in just a minute. A reminder for you before we go is that uh, today's podcast is brought to you by the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast to stay ahead of the game. He gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Speaking of Vinny, don't listen to the same podcast and read the same stuff as everyone else then you'll be just like them. Get the edge from Vinny. It'll put you ahead on draft day and keep you ahead all season long. Locked On Fantasy Football is available on your favorite podcast provider. All right, guys, we'll get back to the podcast here in just a minute, but I wanted to talk to you today about today's title sponsor on the podcast, and they are, they're a brand-new title sponsor here on the show, and we're proud to have them on board. I'm very proud to have them on board, and I'm speaking of Deseret First Credit Union. Uh, Deseret First Credit Union shares a faith-based bond with its members, as most of you know, but they also celebrate the unique goals and passions of their individual members. They want to ask you, what's your focus right now? What is your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing 
financing your home to save money and help fund that passion project. Refinancing doesn't have to be hard or even cost you anything. And with rates still crazy low right now, it's a great time to refinance your mortgage and keep even more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinancing from Deseret First Credit Union, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and save potentially up to hundreds of dollars a month. Think of that, guys. Hundreds of dollars right back into your pocket. The DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation, whether it's your first home, your fifth home, you've got an investment property you're looking to refinance, they're ready to help you. Call them, 801-456-7070 or visit dfcu.com to apply for that loan in five minutes or less or apply for the refinance, I guess is what I should say. Desert First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Desert First Credit Union, membership and eligibility required, OAC, terms and conditions apply, DFCU is an equal housing lender. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here. Pleased to be joined now by Chris Kimrani of The Athletic. He covers the University of Utah, formerly of the Salt Lake Tribune. Chris, how are you? I'm doing well, Jake. How are you? I'm doing all right. Well, we are coming up on this game. It seems like it's been a very long summer with a lot of rivalry banter going back and forth. I know you recently joined The Athletic. What has kind of been the response from Utah fans to yourself about this new venture? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty remarkable. I, I uh, Unfortunately, I like to set the bar low for myself because I, I'm, a, I'm a cynic at heart, but these fans and the readers around this place have done a really good job of changing my way of thinking. Um, there's been just an outpouring of support. Um, I think it helps being part of the athletic and people knowing what the athletic represents. Um, I think there's something to be said, too, about a national outlet, um, you know, dropping someone into uh, a market where that didn't necessarily have a very big hold. Um, you know, my former colleague, Tony Jones at the Tribune, covers the Jazz for the Athletic. So now it's just Tony and I here. But I think um, one of the beauties of this job so far is just being able to do um, this job a little differently. That's kind of the catchphrase that I've been using by telling people uh, when they ask what, what the acclimation process has been like. I just go with uh, it's been nice to be able to do things differently. Hey, I, 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 and I, I've said multiple times on the podcast. I'm, I'm a proud subscriber to the Athletic. I've enjoyed the work going on across the network. I wanted to ask you, in terms of the University of Utah covering them, uh, you said it, it's doing things a little bit different in terms of your coverage of the Utes. What's different about it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so basically, they give me an opportunity to do the job kind of how I see fit. Obviously I have people to answer to, but I think it helps having, um, you know, familiarity with the program and, and knowing how the program is run through Kyle. Um, for me, I just like to tell stories differently. Um, obviously if there's breaking news, that's important. That's going to always take priority over everything. 
um, if there's you know injury news, not that we necessarily know about it that much around Utah these days, but that kind of stuff um, will always take precedent. But um, beyond that, it's trying to do stories that no one else is doing, if that makes sense. Um, I know a lot of people are interested in the nuts and bolts, the day-to-day coverage. Um, sometimes that will be warranted, but for me, I think my skill set lies in um, – finding story angles and ways to tell stories that are just a little bit more unique, um, not patting my own back or anything. I just know that some people are really good at football smarts and breaking that down the X's and O's. I'm not that guy. So I kind of have to um, compartmentalize my skill set to do things just a little more uniquely. Awesome. I, I, so University of Utah and BYU, this longstanding rivalry, you've been around it plenty in, in your own coverage, but how have the Utes been handling the hype they've gotten this off season? Yeah, that's uh, that's been part of the uh, the process through the last few weeks of fall camp is just kind of trying to get the temperature of what the team is, and um, it, it's it is interesting. Like despite all the hype, they are very loose, and it doesn't seem like there are um, there isn't really anybody who's you know puffing out their chest or you know, maybe taking this thing for granted. I think um, that's just kind of a byproduct of the way Kyle Whittingham runs his program. Um, obviously, they like respect, and it helps um, on varying levels, obviously, with recruiting, but um, it doesn't really mean anything until you go out there and play. And I think one thing that's going to be interesting about this this year is this BYU game, I think, can go a long way in terms of telling us how good this team is. A lot of people were talking about this team being – a Pac-12 contender. They were picked by the media to win the Pac-12 in December. I was talking about them being a, a dark horse in the college football playoff race. Uh, I think this is the ideal game to kind of test how good these guys can be. It's the ideal barometer. If they go to Provo and take care of business, um, obviously they're going to live up to that early hype. But as we've seen, that rivalry game is anything but easy um, outside of the 54-10 debacle a few years ago this game is always good it's always intense no matter how talented or stacked either side is so i think one thing that utah does have going for them is they have the benefit of having byu week one so they can see how locked in they can get uh for the rest of the season what has kind of been the the temperature of of utah players and coaches about this being the first game of the year are they fans of this or would they like to see it moved elsewhere yeah, it's uh, we've we've tried to avoid the BYU talk. I think up until this week because I think you know that you wouldn't get that much uh, openness from yeah. the guys during fall camp. Um, but you know, talking to some guys yesterday, they they just are excited. I think last year's game at Rice Eccles really got their attention. I think they were maybe feeling a little good about themselves and were assuming that they were going to be able to handle the Cougars. And um, you know, they took their best punch. And and if not for a you know, historically good fourth quarter, um, you know, BYU breaks that rivalry streak. So, um, you know, Utah has won nine in a row, but I think the beauty of this game in Provo, like I said, it's just going to be a, a surefire test to see how good these guys can be. When you've talked with Kyle Whittingham, I think every BYU fan and every Utah fan just kind of sees a guy who, you mentioned earlier, he's a guy that likes respect for his program, but he's also thrived on having that underdog mantle to throw on his team and say, hey, you guys are being overlooked, etc. 
Does the fact that they're the third-ranked Pac-12 team in the new AP Top 25 poll maybe help them in your opinion, or do you think that they care that much about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I, I think they're you know, presumably just happy to be up there in the conversation. I think the fact that they're so tightly packed with Oregon and Washington at the in those early teams, I think that helps. I think it'd be one thing if you know Oregon and Washington were a lot further away than Utah. Um, but I, to your point, I think Kyle will definitely look for any reason to get his guys motivated. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if you know he uses that as a, as a motivating factor going into this season, especially week one. And Kyle's the kind of guy where he doesn't necessarily you know sugarcoat anything. So it was odd to hear him say in fall camp that like he didn't really have a bad day from his opinion. So I think he's he's generally on the lookout to get guys motivated. So maybe it it goes to show how locked in these guys are already. He told us throughout fall camp that they didn't really necessarily have one bad day of practice. Uh, talking with Chris Kimrani here from The Athletic covering the University of Utah. When it comes to uh, Utah, uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest. This, so this is me speaking from a BYU fan's perspective. They look at this game as more than just a game. Uh, Utah, I think for the most part, the people inside the program see it as, as a bigger game. What's kind of been your vibe around this program in, in terms of this year's team and how they see this game in terms of just the rivalry sense? Yeah, I think it's um, no matter what, I think no matter how much either side wants to downplay it, I think both sides would be lying to themselves if they were downplaying it. I think this game just means so much to the state and this culture and these fan bases. It is among the most unique rivalries, I think, in in all of college sports just because of the underlying background with the religious factor and just the history of, you know, BYU dominating for so many decades and then Utah kind of finally flipping the script on them in the last 15 years or so. It's um, it's it's just a huge game. And, and I think it's just one of those things we're going forward. Both sides just need to figure out how to make it part of their schedule every single year. Now, obviously, Utah will probably in the future look for um, – more quote-unquote high-profile non-conference guys to, to schedule, and I get that. Um, but for me, from my standpoint, as a journalist uh, covering sports, I think <laughs> every year you can go no wrong by having Utah or BYU. So I think um, this this game means a, a great deal to both sides. Um, and again, I think Utah has all of, uh, I think BYU has all of Utah's attention based on how that game at Rice Cycles went last year. All right, talking with Chris Kamrani. We'll take a break here, come back on the other side. We want to dig into a little bit more in terms of the personnel for Utah, give, get his thoughts and some guys. So that's coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. All right, guys, we'll get back to our conversation with Chris Kimrani here in just a minute, but I wanted to talk to you today about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. They're a local company located right here in Utah County. They don't believe in door-to-door salesmen. Most of you can think of times when you've had the bug guys knock on your door and use the scare tactics to get you to buy their product, sign up for their yearly or monthly plans, whatever it is. Well, they don't believe at All Guard Pest Control that companies should be bugging you. 
pardon the pun. They do have quarterly pest control programs, though, which is awesome for people who don't ever want to see a pest and have that peace of mind knowing that their house is completely protected. But they also offer one-time services. So you don't need to sign in a long-term contract for just a one-time treatment. You got one issue that you want taken care of one time. Well, guess what? All Guard is your company. Uh, Seth and his team are absolutely fantastic. Use the safest products in the industry. They're rated for daycares, hospitals, restaurants, kennels, and vets. So you know they'll be safe in your home. They want to make sure you are taken care of. They have awesome online reviews. You can go on there, look at Google, look at any of the reviews. They're five-star reviews across the board. All Guard make sure they do it right. They take care of their customers and they want to make sure that you are taken care of. They're also the termite experts in Utah County if you have any of those issues. Give them a call, guys. 801-851-1812 or check them out at allguardpestcontrols.com. Like I said, Seth and his team are the best of the best. I've met with Seth. I've talked to him multiple times and he is the best in the business. So give them a call. All Guard Pest Controls, 801-851-1812. By the way, they're also big BYU fans. So give them a call. All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. Or check them out, allguardpestcontrols.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Pleased to be joined for another segment by Chris Kimrani from The Athletic. He's covering University of Utah. A good friend of mine. I've gotten to know him over the years. He does a great job. And if you guys aren't subscribing to The Athletic, I would encourage you to do it. And Chris, if I'm not mistaken, there's a special running this week, correct? Yeah, there is. It's a college football kickoff special, 40% off. Um, if you, On the grand scheme of things, like if you break it down, it's like can you avoid going to Del Taco once a month? That's kind of how I describe it. As much as I love the chicken soft tacos, it's like can you can you sacrifice three chicken soft tacos for an entire month worth of like stuff that you can geek out about? I think my argument is always yes. Hey, I'm with you. I've told you. I, I've, I've been a subscriber for a long time, and that's the kind of way I describe it when people ask me about subscribing to it. So I think that's a great idea to actually just use the Del Taco analogy. I think that really breaks it down for people. <laughs> that's great. All right. I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about just the personnel for the University of Utah. Let's start off with the quarterbacks here. Tyler Huntley had a run midseason, pretty much all of October last year, where he was absolutely stellar. Of course, he suffers that injury against uh, Arizona State. He's out for the rest of the year. How is he different coming into this season? Um, I don't know how different he is outside of the fact that he bulked up quite a bit. He said he put on about 25 pounds of muscle, and you see it. And his goal just this year, like his only goal that he's talked about kind of ad nauseum is he doesn't have any individual accolade goals. He just wants to play all 12 games or maybe more. Um and I get that. I think you look at a guy who's very talented, but the last few years hasn't been able to stay healthy. And is that a byproduct of, um, you know, being in a an offense that asks the quarterback to run? I think so. And I'm, I'm interested to see how Andy Ludwig utilizes Tyler in the, in the QB run game. Um, 
or Andy's made no bones about it that this team is going to be a run-first offense. So I think it's going to benefit Tyler's ability to either play action or roll out and pull the ball down when he wants to run. Um, he's going to be under center for the first time in his entire career, which will be interesting because, you know, growing up in, in Hallandale down in Florida, he was part of a really dynamic offense in high school. And then once he got to Utah, um, he was playing under Troy Taylor's kind of spread system before Troy went to Sacramento State. So now with Andy and so I think it's going to be interesting to see how Tyler kind of acclimatizes himself to being under center a little more. Yeah, you mentioned the fact that they want to be run first, and of course that is led by the sledgehammers, I like to call him Zach Moss. Uh, of course, he also had a season-ending injury a year ago. How is he different coming into this coming season? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Utah does with the running game because I think this is probably the deepest they've been in that spot in quite a long time. Um, Zach is always going to be the, the workhorse, but I think what Utah has now is a, is a legitimate number two option and Jordan Wilmore, the true freshman out of Lawndale. Um, Kyle Whittingham can't really stop talking about him, and that says something because Kyle doesn't necessarily talk about true freshmen all that much, but he hasn't been able to stop talking about Jordan this fall camp. Um, and then beyond that, you have um, Devontae Henry Cole, who's back from a season-ending injury last year. Um, Devin Brumfield got quite a few uh, reps last year. It's kind of like a third down, scat back type. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see once um, you know Zach steps off the field, how Andy and that staff decides to kind of implore who gets how many reps and what style. It, it's go- it's a good problem to have. Let's just let's just say that. I would agree with that. Uh, of course, the wide receiver position for both BYU and Utah, I think both fan bases want to see these wide receivers step up. Uh, Britton Covey was lightning in a bottle when he's been on the field for Utah. What have you heard about his injury status? Yeah, he's uh, he's been practicing, and uh, I think that's uh, a good sign for, for Utah. He told he and I talked last week, and he said that he's feeling ahead of schedule from, from that torn ACL, and uh, I think that's obviously a positive thing now. There's a difference between being ahead of schedule and being game ready, um, but the fact that he's been practicing every day and has been available for media availability after every um, you know practice where we can go talk to the guys, I think that's a positive step for Utah. But in terms of the West, rest of the wideouts, I think you just, like you said, they just need more guys to step up. Um, Jalen Dixon kind of broke out last year as a deep threat. Um, can he continue that on? Um, Solomon Enos has a lot of... You know, hype around him coming in as this big-bodied kid out of Arizona. Can he be that, you know, guy down the sideline that can make contested grabs? And, and Demari Simpkins is a senior now. He came out here with Tyler and Zach. Uh, can he kind of deliver on uh, being kind of that emotional leader of the group? We'll see. There's been a lot of talk about the Utah offensive line having to retool with four starters leaving a year ago. How have they done? Are they where they want to be, or will they be where they want to be once the season starts? Yeah, that's, that's going to be probably the most interesting uh, thing to watch in week one for me at BYU is they have guys who are familiar with the program or got some you know spot minutes here there. Darren Paul is the only returning starter. Um, they finally figured out who their left guard is going to be. It's true freshman Johnny Maia out of East High School, and he got back from his mission and, and won the job. But Kyle Winningham said that Paul Tawala is right behind him, still chasing him for minutes. Um they're still sorting out what Kyle's calling red tape, NCAA red tape for Bam Oleseni, the, the JC guy from Garden City, Kansas. Um, he's here, he's practicing, but he hasn't been cleared to play in games yet. Uh, I, for how for how run-heavy this team wants to be, 
I think you can't look any further than, than the importance of needing that offensive line to gel early. Are there any other superlatives we can use for Utah's off, uh, sorry, not offensive, defensive line in terms of just how <laughs> awesome they are? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to avoid like the, <laughs> the – there's too many adjectives that you kind of like keep circling back to. Yes. I just think they're deep, you know what I mean? And I think that's the – that's the beauty that this team has is like there's there's some standouts. I mean, Lucky Foto is very good. John Penasini is very good. Bradley and I is very good. But you look at the guys kind of coming up behind them. It's kind of ridiculous in a sense that these guys are probably starting for a lot of other talented teams, especially in the Pac-12. And these guys are going to be rolling in as your third, fourth, or fifth defensive linemen it's it's absurd <laughs> so i think it's uh like i said it's it's a good thing to have i i'm interested to see who's kind of the breakout guy this year um he could through the former byu commit um he was kind of kind of got his feet wet last year and he's gonna start opposite bradley on the other end but they just have so many talented guys to roll in and out of there that i'm interested to see who if there is an unknown that we haven't really talked about that much uh this year that's going to be able to step up yeah, on the back end of that defense, I think most BYU fans are very familiar with the names Jalen Johnson as well as Julian Blackman, two guys who I think are NFL-bound at some point in their career, whether it's this year or the next year. In terms of the linebacking core in front of them, I know they had the high-profile Manny Bowen situation where he quit football just days before fall camp begins. Have they kind of settled the other positions outside of that cornerback spot that Jalen Johnson's at and also Julian Blackman at safety? Yeah, so they're going to put uh, Tariq Lewis opposite Jalen. He's a transfer from Florida. He um, was initially part of the 2017 class, but had to get through, through some academic stuff, so didn't join them till last year. Um, you know, saw a few spot minutes, had a couple starts, I think, against like Colorado and Washington State. Um, so he's going to be your, your corner on the other side of Jalen. Um, at linebacker, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be an interesting transition, I think. Um, obviously, they have Francis Bernard, who they're now going to lean on quite heavily um, with the departure of Manny Bowen. Um, Devin Lloyd is going to step in. He's he's a young guy who's had a couple years in the program to learn behind talented dudes like Chase Hansen and, and Cody Barton. Um, and to your point, I'm also interested to see how Julian Blackman and Terrell Burgess do in the safety spots. Like They're two guys who have you know, converted from defensive back and they know the program well, but it's going to be quite a first test um, at BYU to, you know, have two first-time starting safeties in that spot. All right, last thing for me, Chris, is where do you see this game tipping in terms of BYU and Utah? Where do you see, like, the biggest uh, tipping point in this game, which uh, it could be a position group battle, whatever you see being the tipping point in this game, or are you sticking with, okay, this is a rivalry game and you just throw the records out? Yeah, no, I I want to I want to throw the the records out because it is a rivalry game as we saw last year. I'm I'm interested to see how Utah's offense does against BYU's defense because I think Utah's defense is good enough to. Well, I think Zach Wilson is is a very good quarterback. I just don't know how much he has around him in order to make a difference against a defense as good as Utah's. I'm fascinated to see if Utah's offense can kind of get on the front foot against BYU's defense and you know extend drives, get comfortable running the ball, see if they can get Tyler open into some space. I'm interested to see if there's any heavy packages for that first game, if he's even going to play. Yeah, I I think for me the tipping point will be Utah's offense. If they can get comfortable 
and, and sustain some drives and put pressure on the BYU offense, I think Utah should be fine. But again, it's, it's a rivalry game, and as we've seen the last few years, that doesn't, I mean, records don't really mean anything. And I think what a test for this team to be in Provo in front of 60,000 angry BYU fans who are ready to see their first win against Utah in almost a decade. Well, Chris, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. We'll keep checking out your work at The Athletic. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Thanks, Jake. There you have it. Chris Kimrani from The Athletic. Great stuff on the University of Utah. And check out his great work at The Athletic. Subscribe. I really do enjoy the work there. I'm a longtime subscriber myself, so I'd encourage you guys to check that out. All right. That'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We are proud to be brought to you, our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union, sponsoring this podcast each and every day, as well as our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Check out both of those great companies and see what they can do for you. Please follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out, Locked on Cougars. You also can follow me on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. Or, of course, you can drop the show a note anytime via email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys there. If you'd like to sponsor the show like DFCU or All Guard, please email us. We'd love to hear from you. Until tomorrow, we'll catch you then. This has been Locked on Cougars for August 21st, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day